0: Hello there. Welcome to The Essentials. I'm James, the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church. This podcast is a space for us to talk about our faith, to explore what we experience in this life, and to celebrate all of the hope and the good news that we find. I hope that you are well, wherever you are, and I thank you for stopping in to listen and walk with us for this episode. This past Sunday, it was Trinity Sunday in church. Our opportunity to consider the mystery of a triune God, three in one, one in three. And those readings that we get on Trinity Sunday take us all the way back to creation in the Old Testament and also take us to the book of Matthew, as Jesus gives his great commission to the disciples. So I'll offer those readings for you in just a moment. But first, I want to clarify, as we do go all the way back to creation, to the beginning of the Bible, I want to say that this creation story, it's an ancient people's understanding of how the world was established and about God's control over all of it. And today, science has given us better insight into those details, and we see this seven-day creation that we'll go through, not to be a literal event of creation, but we don't see the scientific examples and advancements today as something that explains God's presence away. It simply gives a different lens to see God's creative power at work. So, we want to exist in a world where science and religion can still get along to seek how God is involved in both the origins of our world and the movements of the universe today with everything that we learn about the modern world through the miracle and work of science. So, this isn't our literal understanding of, of how the world came to be, but we still think it can tell us something about who God is, and it can help us appreciate God's power and creative ability. So we will start with Genesis 1. Settle in because the readings given to us for this week are the entire first chapter of Genesis, and then a little bit of chapter 2 as well, and then we'll hop to a few verses of Matthew. So this is Genesis 1. And this is from the Common English Bible. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, let there be light. And so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning. The first day. God said, Let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God made the dome and separated the waters under the dome from the waters above the dome. And it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening, there was morning. The second day. God said, Let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. And that's what happened. God named the dry land earth, and he named the gathered waters seas. God saw how good it was. God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning, the third day. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from night. They will mark events, sacred seasons, days, and years. They will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights the greater light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from darkness. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with living things and let birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the waters, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them. Be fertile and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, Let the earth produce every kind of living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. And that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls on the ground. God saw how good it was. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, And all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made, it was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning. The sixth day, The heavens and the earth and all who live them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work he had done, and on the seventh day, God rested from all the work he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Then from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This is the end of Matthew's Gospel. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you until the end of this present age. So I want to start by asking a question. For those of you who Have read scripture, maybe grew up going to church, still practice your faith and go to church. When was the last time that you read Genesis 1? Started in the beginning and explored the creation story in the Bible. I think for most of us, we would have no clue. I know I don't. This past week was the first time I went back to the creation story in a long time. And it might be because the story is familiar to us. We've heard it all the way back in Sunday school. We kind of know the rhythm of it all, that day by day God created the earth and gradually kept adding things until the seventh day when God rested. We probably think we know the story well enough. And what I noticed as I read Genesis 1 was the polar opposites on display as God creates this world and how those opposites are a perfect beginning to how we experience this life still today. Because we live in a this or that society that can eliminate any middle ground. You are liberal or you're conservative. You like Coke or you like Pepsi. In our house, you either pack for a trip a week away from when you actually leave, or you are still throwing things into the suitcase as you roll out the driveway. You're either right or you're wrong. We like black and white, cut and dry. We focus so much on the extremes, on the opposites that we can experience. And if we really pay attention to the creation story, those opposites, Are put in place from the very beginning. There's night and day. There's water and land. There's heavens and earth. There's male and female. Maybe we have these drastically different opinions and positions because that's the way God established the world to be. Maybe that's who we are in our DNA. It's tempting to experience our lives that way, that things are either one way or another. They're all or nothing, or things can be good or bad, often with no middle ground. Now, last weekend, I was in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, for the state track meet, because my brother coaches a high school team and he had some runners running the four by eight, the mile and the two mile, and I wanted to watch those races. So my dad got a campsite near the city and we stayed at the campgrounds in his camper and then drove to the meet each day. And I'd say the time we spent in lacrosse could be defined by the extremes that we experience. So as is tradition with the state track meet, it was a miserably hot weekend. But lacrosse is also known for these storms rolling through almost unannounced as it sits right on the Mississippi River. So we were either getting absolutely melted by the blazing sun, or we were hoping that our camper wasn't going to float away in a downpour. It was this or that. But the weather impacted the track meet, too. We made it to the stadium on Friday just as a lightning strike caused a weather delay. And after waiting the two hours for things to restart, we watched one race and got hit with another weather delay. So when my brother's two milers were supposed to race at 8 p.m., they didn't start until 1230 in the morning. And my dad and I had retired to the camper long before then. That was Friday. That was the first day we were thinking Saturday had to be better. And while it was still incredibly hot, we got to the meet and found out that they were delaying Joel's divisions, my brother's division of events for six full hours, because they went so late into Friday evening. So when I was hoping that I could watch the mile at about noon and then make the long drive home, the mile wasn't going to start until 8 or until 5 p.m., and I ended up having to leave before that race even started. So of the three races that I hoped to watch, I got to see one of them for the three hours I drove each way to Lacrosse, On paper, you'd say that was a rough state track weekend. It was either hot or it was wet, and I spent nearly all of my time waiting instead of watching the races I wanted to watch. In the lens of a this or that world, the negatives and the frustrations of it all were taking charge of my experience over the weekend. On the ride home, though, I started to notice everything that existed between the extremes that I experienced. So when I was bummed that I was only waiting for races to start, I realized that I was given all that extra time that my dad and I could just sit. And talk, because we didn't have any track to watch. And as it became obvious that I didn't have time to wait for Saturday's events to get started before I left, I realized that because my brother didn't have to coach his athletes all morning, he had a bunch of free time. And he got to come and hide with us in the shade for a few hours, as we reminisced on the years we spent being those fried runners circling that track. There was something beyond the success of a track meet at work, something more important than the times that were being run and the medals that were won. In many ways, it was one of the least enjoyable trips to a state track meet you could have, considering... I barely got to watch any of it. But I would be a fool if I let that part tell the entire story. As we think about the creation story in Genesis, how God established these boundaries, these extremes that exist in our world, I think we're also very aware that our experience is not limited to the opposites that are described. Life isn't either light or dark. There's space between. It isn't one thing or another. But so often, the extremes coexist in the same space. And when they do, we usually get what we consider to be the most beautiful. Rob McCoy, who is a United Methodist pastor and hosts a podcast called Pulpit Fiction, he makes the observation that the opposites laid out in the creation story. They aren't meant to limit God to doing one thing or another. He asks, what's the most beautiful time of the day? And we would probably say, depending if we're a morning or an evening person, we'd probably say a sunrise or a sunset, the time when light and darkness mix, when day and night meet. It's the depth of God's creative power on full display, not in how different two things can be, but in how two things so different can combine in a breathtaking way. Or where do you like to go on vacation? I know I would say a lot of people would say the beach, and that, of course, is the place where land and sea meet. So we're astounded by the ends of the spectrum, and then we're blown away as these two polar opposites are brought together. I think God's story of creation is a warning. To not limit ourselves to the binary categories we often create in this world. There might be two places where the spectrum ends, but we are selling God short if we aren't looking for all of the ways that God is at work in the space between. We can believe that a trip to the cross was horrible because of some negative logistics and circumstances. Or we can see the way that something beautiful was still at work when things weren't going so smoothly. God is so much more than our highs and our lows. And we truly see God at work when light finds a way to creep into that darkness. So I want to close by briefly hopping into the Matthew text, because as we think about the polar opposites of our experience in life, the polar opposites of our faith are on display in Matthew. It reads that the disciples worshiped Jesus, but some doubted. And a different translation would say that the disciples worshiped and doubted. Not that there were two separate groups, but that all simultaneously worshipped while doubting. And I think that's such a powerful thing to hear as we think about our faith. You either believe or you don't. You're either a Christian or you're not. This or that. That's the way we think the world works. That's why, as Christians... We feel the times when we doubt like they are times of weakness. And when that's the type of pressure we place on ourselves to believe everything at all times, we aren't leaving room for God to work in the space between. There's more than just night or day. There's more than just land and sea. There's more than just belief and total doubt or disbelief. And faith ceases to exist when we no longer have questions or uncertainties. We need that doubt. It isn't a flaw or a defect in our Christian lives, but it's something beautiful. And as the disciples worship Jesus while carrying their doubts with them, Jesus doesn't erase them, he doesn't tell them to change, but he sends his friends out to baptize new believers just as they are, with their doubts and all. And that's what people need to see as they explore their faith. The permission to believe while being totally lost and confused. The permission to feel like they haven't got anything figured out but to somehow know that they're on the right path because if we're honest quite often that's what our faith feels like and just think of who we could connect with if they knew that our christian faith exists fully in that space between belief and doubt between light And darkness. If they knew that God is so much more than one thing or another, but is actually the most beautiful and creative being when the opposites of this life find a way to exist together. Amen. like to learn more about the church that I serve, the Freedom Moravian Church, you can find us on Facebook. You can worship with with us on YouTube as well. You can also learn more about Moravians. That's at moravian.org. I thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Be well, and I will catch you next time.